We want to welcome you today to All Things Apostolic. I'm Nathaniel Wilson. I'm your host. I'm glad that you're with us today. And we have with us uh, Jeremy Wilbanks, pastor in Coleman, Alabama, and uh, scholar and soon to be graduate of Assembly uh, of God Theological Seminary uh, with a degree in uh, theology and biblical studies. Um, and so we have been, we started out, uh, well, last week we started out talking about what about dispensations. It has become such a, it has become such a, uh, when I was a kid, I'd said it, it's a conglomerated subject because people's thrown so much stuff into the pot. And um, so we decided to talk about it, but uh, the approach that we're taking in talking about it is not just taking a shotgun, closing our eyes and pulling the trigger. It is uh, starting at things that begin. So already, if you haven't been to it, we have uh, spent um, three sessions. These aren't very long sessions, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, trying to accommodate people's time and uh, and and ability to uh, grasp and think about, and so those were on the subject of hermeneutics, and the reason that's so important is because before you can um, start interpreting the Bible, uh, there are known and accepted hermeneutical guidelines and rules to the interpretation of scripture. Now, there are some that may have a little controversy to them. There are, uh, some of them have to be discussed quite deeply. For example, if scripture is to be taken literally, what about, what about scripture that is symbolic? What about scripture that's figurative? But all of that, we, we dealt with that, not like, I mean, in hours, but we dealt with that enough that we feel satisfied, um, that people can understand. So, uh, today, um, we're, we're ending up somewhere down the line in eschatological subjects, eschatological meaning coming from the word eschaton, which means in things or last things. Uh, that's where we're going. We're going to talk about prophecy and things that have been bandied about uh, for centuries and, uh, and what people say about them. And uh, we're going to try to give some really thorough uh, statements and discussion about these things. So today, before we ever get that far, we are talking today about truth and how does a person know truth? And um, there are, we're going to talk about the fact that we won't get through it all today, but we'll get to the first one. We're going to discuss the uh, three kinds of truth or three ways of truth. So that later when we get into some of these discussions, we can reference back to it and you can see, yeah, yeah, we, we talked about that. Whether you agree or not, you can see where we're coming from and why we are coming from there. And hopefully that will make sense to all of our listeners, to all of you that are with us today. So we're glad you're here. Uh, this, is not, uh, this is not just a hip shot. And then we're moving on to something else. We do do other things on apostolic, all things apostolic. We do we do news, we do commentary. We, but this we come back to this. This is the this is kind of the uh, the basic ballast that we're going to be on uh, for quite some time. So we're glad to have you with us today um, again, Pastor Wilbanks from Coleman, Alabama. Yes, sir. Greetings to, to you. Glad to be here. Thanks uh, for letting me come on. And uh, I wanted to. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I, I, I just wanted to add to what you were saying there at the beginning about a hermeneutic, uh, because that exact, that's exactly what we are talking about when we talk about a dispensational reading of scripture. And we're even using that terminology specifically, a dispensational reading. Uh, that is, when we talk about a dispensational reading, we are talking about a biblical hermeneutic. And by biblical, we don't mean as opposed to non-scriptural. Uh, we mean biblical as opposed to systematic, biblical as opposed to, uh, some people call it pastoral uh, theology, uh, a ministerial theology. How does this apply? Uh, but we are talking about, when we talk about a dispensational reading of scripture, we're talking about a biblical theology, meaning theology that begins yeah. in Genesis and and threads its way all the way through the end to the book of Revelation. And the goal of any hermeneutic is to find truth. That's the goal of any hermeneutic. Um, and truth can be discussed, as you mentioned, truth can be discussed in at least three different ways or known in at least three different ways. And uh, all of them are necessary. Uh, all of these different forms of knowing truth are necessary to understand scriptural interpretation. And uh, so the three ways to discuss truth, is sure, this where you want to, sure, is this sure. where you want to jump it. in? Number one. Wasn't, okay. So the three ways to discuss truth, the three ways to discuss truth are as follows. Number one, I'll just read through them and then we'll go back and kind of yeah, fill in some good. blanks. The first way is, is, you know, truth philosophically. Uh, then the second way that you know truth is hermeneutically, or at least what I'm calling a hermeneutical knowledge of truth. And then the third way is theological. You know truth theologically, and we'll explain what we mean. When we say that you know truth philosophically, this is primarily, whether you are a Christian or uh, of another uh, another faith, or you're just, you're just a secular person, you know truth philosophically. And when we say that you know truth philosophically, what we mean, the definition of truth in a philosophical sense is this. It's truth that is defined as that which corresponds to reality. Um, so if I say that there is a blue house three miles down the road on the right, and you get there and the house is yellow and it's two and a half miles down the road on the left, you know that what I have said is not true as simple as this is, you know that it is not true because it doesn't correspond with reality. Uh, so this is the philosophical nature of truth. It's that which corresponds to reality. That's how most people come to know truth or true things uh, it, just in daily living, uh, that which corresponds to reality. That which is said has to match that which really is. Uh, yeah. That's the, that's, that's yeah. the philosophical that, that, that's nature good. of truth. Um, and I, I think uh, another layer of philosophical truth is is that um, is that a thing in its existence corresponds with its essence. Uh, a thing in its yes. existence can be different than a thing in its essence. For example, when Jesus healed people, uh, a man may have had a withered hand, and Jesus uh, would heal that. Well, how do we know what? Well, how do we know what a healed hand looks like? Because the because yes. there isn't there is a essence of a hand that operates like it was meant to operate, and so uh, it's yes. it's it's interesting in the context of what you brought up here and what we're discussing right now that that Jesus repeatedly 
the writers that recorded his miracles said, and he made them whole. Like if it was a withered hand, he made it whole. Well, then the question comes up, how do you know what a whole hand, a perfect, a complete hand, how do you know what it looks like? Because there is a perfection of everything that is. And when you see it, it may not Mm -hmm. be perfect, but there is somewhere in the infinite, a perfection of everything. And so the existence of a thing doesn't always match the essence of the thing. It's just like you and I and every human being that's listening. None of us match the essence that we are meant to be in the image of God, but that's how God sees us. And so that gap in between, we're always working to fill from existence to essence. And so, but this is like, um, like if I'm talking and I don't tell the truth, the, the, the true is saying what I really know rather than deceiving mm-hmm. And so we're, this is still in the realm of what we would call philosophical truth, where, um, where the existence of a thing matches and corresponds to its essential self. So, uh, yeah, the, right. and the reason I'm bringing that up is because that all of the definitions we have here of truth uh, uh, apply to biblical things. It's not like the theological truth is, is some, one thing and the philosophical truth is out here. Correct. They all... They all uh, uh, they all run into, feed into us understanding what truth yes. is. Anyway, yeah, so much for that. Yes. So the so just in line with what you just said, this is what Paul is talking about. Uh, when you talk about essence and existence and existent, that which exists has to match that which is in its essence and perfect. And this is what this is what Paul was talking about in Romans one. He said, "For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness." and all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, meaning they have skewed the truth, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So humanity is an, is a is a manifestation of the truth of the image of God in so much as we adhere to God's essence. Now, this, I think, goes right into the second um, the second way that truth is known. The first way is philosophical truth. The second, uh, and philosophical truth, just to go over that definition one more time, philosophical truth is that which corresponds to reality. Um, but we can immediately come up with problems with philosophical truth, on, yeah. at least on that level, not on yeah. the essential on the visible and invisible, but on the level of truth as it, as that which yes. corresponds to reality. Uh, if we go to court and people are testifying, we're trying to find the truth. If we go to, if we have a court case, we're trying to find the truth. Well, there may be 10 witnesses of an event that's being testified. And so you have 10 different vantage points. They all saw it. They were all there. All of their eyeballs picked up on it. But when they testify about it, it's coming from 10 different vantage points. So truth has to, if it immediately subjectivity yeah. is, is inserted into the discussion of truth. So we have to have something added to our knowledge of truth, which I think is exactly what you were talking about. We have to have something that's added to our knowledge of truth that elevates the understanding of what is true or what is truth. And that is the next level up. Uh, or maybe the, maybe we're working down toward the foundation of truth, but the next level up would be what I am calling hermeneutical truth. 
which is hermeneutical, which is truth with the subjectivity removed from it, meaning it's not just that which corresponds to reality, but it's that which corresponds to reality as God sees reality. Um, this is when we read scripture, uh, this is the beautiful thing about the word of God. It gets all of our brains thinking what God wants them to think. Uh, I can come up with my ideas of truth. Someone else can come up with their ideas of truth. And we can say, well, this is this is part of what we're facing in the world right now with even gender identity and uh, all of these different things. Uh, marriage and, and whether or not same-sex marriage is okay. And, well, this is love is our idea of love. Well, what's to say that that's not true? Well, the truth of the matter is we have to have a higher understanding of truth. And that is truth can't just be a description of reality or that which corresponds to reality. It has to be that which corresponds to reality as God sees it. In other words, our thinking has to adjust to see things the way God sees them. Um, and then I think the third layer of truth, maybe we would even call this the foundational layer of truth, is that it is not just that which corresponds to reality. It's not just that which corresponds to reality as God sees it, but it's that which corresponds to God as he is manifest in the flesh, uh, which, is, uh, which is what John was talking about in uh, John chapter 4. And he said, uh, John chapter 4, verse 4, he said, And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So truth becomes something that it's not just a correspondence with reality. It's not just an objective correspondence with reality. It's knowing a person. It's knowing the man, Jesus Christ, which is God the essence of God manifest in human flesh. So to know God is a whole different thing than to know about a plant or to know uh, correct uh, about any object because to know God is to know uh, a living being as well as the source of life, which means that to know God is cannot be done merely with objectivity to know God. Right. Uh, you cannot put him in a test tube, break down his components and, um, and do an origin search to find out where he came from and, and so forth to, to know God requires something other than that. And the reason is, is because when we know anything that's alive, it is an encounter with life. And in that encounter there, it, it's, it's impossible to have that encounter without having relationship. I mean, it may be a relationship yes. of fear. It may be a relationship that's poor where you're mute and you don't say anything. It may, but it's nevertheless, it's a relationship. When you encounter something alive, it creates a relationship and God is alive. And so um, oftentimes uh, we've talked about this before and, and uh, probably taught it many times. But um, when you think about ways of knowing, uh, you can know Grecian, a Grecian way of knowing was through objectivity and through calculation uh, and through research and breaking things down. Um, all yeah, cognitive. and we find all of this uh, in what we call the scientific method. 
And this is what, uh, yes. with the bringing of the Enlightenment in the uh, three or four centuries ago, uh, that came out of that Enlightenment. What the Enlightenment really was, was a turn to objectivity in, in order to find truth and not to look for it with an encounter or a relationship, but to look for it uh, um, the other way as an object. Well, that's not all bad. We're not opposed to that because it's brought uh, the ability to do what we're doing right now. That is to communicate with you in one state and me in another. Um, uh, All of that is because objectively people have looked and it's brought many, many conveniences and benefits to us. And so this is not a diatribe about how evil that is uh, in any way or, or sense or form. But there is another way that is the essential way to know God and people who are locked mm-hmm. into the objectivity side, rationality, logic, uh, uh, oftentimes have a struggle over here getting this other side. So I've seen people come to the altar and find God and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a moment that came in drunk. And, but they're open yes. and receptive to just anything. So when they come into the altar, they're open to that. Whereas someone over here who's very careful and very um, uh, intelligent and very objective, it may take them a while before they're willing to yield themselves to God like that. And so they may even question and oftentimes do strongly whether or not that's really God or not. So <clears throat> the first way is to know God with, through cognition, cognitively. Uh, But there's another way to know God. It's what I call the Hebrew way. The Greek way is what we're just talking about. The Hebrew way to know God is not cognitively. It is affectively. And one is no less real than the other, except that the affective way is where you know something that is alive. And you cannot calculate everything the same way. Uh, Affective the word affection comes from it. So, so it's knowing people and knowing things through love. It is knowing things through feeling. It's knowing things relationally through a relationship with a living being that is being encountered. And this is how people have to know God. So when I say this is a, 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 a Hebraic way of knowing it's because I go back to Genesis chapter four, verse one, where it says Adam knew his wife Eve, and she bore a son, and they named him Cain. And so it was through an intimate, affective, loving encounter of other, of another living being, uh, that life came. And this is probably a really good reason why it says you must be born again, because the new birth is a product of a relationship with God. Anyway, so the subject of knowing when you come to the Bible, you have to be able to look at it from the rational and the logic, which is where we get all kinds of hermeneutical rules about scripture. And um, and and if a person is doing expositional preaching, they are exposing scripture. So you have to know who wrote it, to whom was it written, when was it written, what was the context, uh, and and, you, and then you break the verse of the chapter down to verses, and then you break the verses down to words, and then you break the words down. And so none of that's bad. All of that is really, really good and has been a great thing in the life of the church and remains so. 
by the same token, you can't stop there. You have to know God through a living encounter that includes emotion and relationship and things that don't fit in the test tube. So, um, so knowing God, knowing God and knowing things in scripture has to do with encountering them and experiencing them. Anyway, I got going there a little bit long, but, but that's part of this, uh, that's part of this truth thing. You have to know truth. Uh, he is the truth. And so it's an encounter with a, a living relationship. God is truth. And as such, we don't just seek to know truth cognitively. We seek to know a person. We seek to know an entity. God is truth. We seek to know God. Yes, sir. Thank you for being way, uh, with us today. Uh, this is All Things Apostolic. We are talking about some preliminary things in the study of eschatology that are really important uh, before we proceed on into anything else. So be with us tomorrow. We're going to continue this. God bless you.